Well, it's good to see you this morning. Well, we are in for a treat and a surprise. Um, today we get to uh, hear from a very good friend of mine. Um, so we, I've known this individual uh, for quite a few years, probably a decade, I guess, or so. And when I met him, the Lord knit my heart to him in an incredible way. We've spent days uh, in, uh, in a cabin uh, without some other pastors praying together, seeking the Lord together. And we've walked together through a lot of stuff in the last 10 years. Um, in fact, when I, Melissa and I began to think about you know, starting Summit Church, he was the first person I called uh, just, to, uh, just to get his thoughts. And man, he's been cheering us on every step of the way. And he's been a great friend. And, and uh, so since, since that time, uh, God has kind of transitioned him as well out of the pastoral uh, position that he's been in at uh, First Baptist Church in Robertsdale into a more mission-minded role. And uh, now he's, um, ex- man, we're excited about what God's got in store for him. And uh, so this morning I said, you know, listen, this is one of his first opportunities to get to preach outside of his other role as pastor of First Baptist in Robertsdale. And so since um, he's no longer the pastor there and he can preach anywhere, I said, you need to come preach here. So um, I want us to just if we could do this for me and for him, would you stand to your feet and give Big Summit Church welcome to Pastor Jeff Copeland? Come on, Jeff. Well, thank you. Thank you, Summit Church, so much. What a welcome, and it's a joy for us to be here. I was with you on my first Sunday uh, out of the pastorate to be here and worship with you, and it was exciting just immediately, as JP said, when I had that first opportunity. I knew where I wanted to be, and I knew who I wanted to be with, uh, uh, because you guys mean so much to the Copelands, and uh, JP and his family and this church have been a great uh, support. And as we launch Kingdom Bridges, the new ministry that the Lord has called us into, uh, we look forward uh, to serving the Lord together um, with you and many other area churches and regional churches uh, to see heaven come to earth. And boy, we need that right now, don't we? Amen. We really do. And so today, as I speak to you and come to you today, I want to talk to you about a a, a message entitled, uh, The Royal Family, Seek First the Kingdom. Any of you keep up with the royal family? Any of you interested in that? Anybody kind of follow that? Some do, some don't. I know a lot of people must follow it because in research for it, The Crown, anybody know The Crown, Netflix series, any fans there? Maybe a few, 87 million American households are a fan of The Crown. That's almost half the country or possibly two-thirds of the country have checked into that to hear about Queen Elizabeth, her, her birth, her rise to power, and almost 70-year reign in the, as a queen of England. And that's pretty impressive. She just had her 96th birthday. Queen gets to celebrate two birthdays. That's pretty cool, right? She has her birthday in April, and then June 11th, any of you want to fly over to England, they're going to have a huge party through the whole country for the queen. I remember as a kid... I, I grew up Mobile and would go Fridays to the grocery store with my mother every Friday night. And, you know, we lived out in the country and we didn't have cable in those days and cell phones and all the 
these things that we could interact with. So the only way to interact with the world with me was Friday evenings with mom at the checkout counter and there was all these tabloids and I remember all this stuff about the royal family, the royal family. I'm like, who is this royal family and what does it mean for us in Theodore and why does everybody have it on the paper, you know? And uh, as I've gone through the years of that, I've come to realize this, did you know you're a part of a royal family? Did you know that? You are actually the true, real royal family. You are, I am followers of Jesus Christ. Look what the Bible says in regards to the royal family when it gives us a title in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. This text tells us about who we are. And there's a, there's a verse in there that says about us that, that we as a church, we are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. Did you know that's who you are? That's who you are. That's who God says you are. That's your identity. That's who Jesus sees you, and that's what he's done for you. We forget when we talk about salvation and we come to know Christ and our lives are, are, are immersed in Christ and we're baptized, we're filled with his spirit, and we become children of God. We let this world beat us down, and sometimes we forget who we really are. Never forget that verse. You're a holy people, a chosen nation. God says you're a royal priesthood. That's who you are. That's who we are as children and family of the living God. And so this is an important thing for us too. I think we diminish and misunderstand how important it is to understand the kingdom of God and us being a royal family. It is absolutely essential. As a matter of fact, it is the most important, hear this, the most important teaching of Jesus Christ was the kingdom of God. Absolutely, unequivocally, in the New Testament, if you take the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ while he was on earth, it was the kingdom of God. When John started, he said, repent, the kingdom is here. When Jesus started, Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. When Jesus preached his first sermon in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, for theirs is the kingdom. When he taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, we're to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then in 633, he says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. He ended the sermon with saying, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. And then he said the at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, there's houses built on sand, which is the kingdom of this world, and rock, which is the true living kingdom of God. And then when he taught and he healed, he always connected it to the kingdom. Every miracle was a kingdom miracle. His favorite teaching was parables. Every parable was almost a kingdom parable. And the world knew this when the Romans crucified him, what they put above him on the cross king of the Jews. You see, they were wise enough to understand the subject of his teaching. He was a king. And that's the only thing they got right in the crucifixion. Yes, a king who died. But as we said, he conquered the grave. He conquered the grave. 
and rose victoriously as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And get this church, when he gathered his church together after the resurrection for 40 days, do you know what he taught them? One subject, the Bible tells us. For 40 days he taught them about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Here, I want to make a statement to you and then we're going to unpack it in the rest of this sermon. I fear that a lot of us on this subject of the kingdom of God are kind of like the British royal family. It's something at a distance that we don't understand is kind of foreign to us and we don't access it and live in it. I'm concerned that in the body of Christ, Christians Followers of Jesus, on the most important topic of our Lord, the kingdom, we don't really understand it. We're not really functioning in it. And it's almost something at a distance that we look at and we talk about and we see, but we've never really brought it down to our life. And every promise the Lord made you is tied to you're operating in his kingdom. His presence, his power, his promises, that's pretty big stuff, right? The presence of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the promises of Jesus, does anybody want that? Amen, right? We want the presence of Jesus. I want Jesus walking with me in this life. I don't just want a distant God at a religious church service. I want to go out of here knowing that the king of kings, the one who conquered the grave, has invaded my life and walking with me. Amen? I want his power. I want a power beyond my own. I have wrestled with this world and it's broken me to my knees. I don't know about you. I've been face to face with things that are beyond me and I don't have the power for, but thank God we have a power from on high. When it says that we're resurrected to walk in a new life, the resurrection power of Jesus is for us. It's for life. And oh, what about those precious promises? All of it's connected to your understanding, apprehension, and your application of the kingdom of God. So let's experience it. Let's see the kingdom invade our lives. Let's see the kingdom invade our church. Let's see the kingdom invade this county in this world. That's what Jesus wanted. It's practical. It's relevant. It's real. It will turn your life upside down. You will never have a boring day with Jesus when you're in his kingdom. Anybody know that? Come on. Through the years, I've met Christians that they just seem dull and not really interested and engaged in their faith. I'm like, man, you need to get a hold of the kingdom. Uh, you need to grab hold of it, let it grab hold of you, and you need to launch your life in it, and you'll never be the same. That's what the Lord wants for you. So here we go. I'm going to give you one verse that will really unlock it for you and teach you and guide you in experiencing the kingdom, okay? It's simple, too. 
But oh, it's so profound. How many of you know Matthew 6, 33? All right, let's say it together. Uh, probably written, it's written up here in, in the NIV, but I, I learned it as King, King James, so it just naturally comes out that way for me. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. One more time. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That verse unlocks for us how we can access the kingdom apprehend the kingdom, and apply the kingdom to our life. So you ready to go into it? All right, you ready? I like people to look at me, talk back to you. You ready to go into a church? All right. Let's walk into it together. First, seek first the kingdom. All right, seek first the kingdom. This is the priority of the kingdom. If you want the kingdom, it's got to be a priority. Jesus makes it absolutely clear. There's only one way for this kingdom to come into your life. It's not pick and choose. It's not a buffet of, I want this, I want this. No, it's an absolute decision of your life to make King Jesus the priority of your life. And that is the entrance into the kingdom. That's the access into the kingdom. Seek first. I love the word seek. The word seek is a powerful, beautiful word. You know, when you seek, you actually worship. One of the things about worship I think is confusing today, we think about receiving worship. Well, actually, worship starts with you seeking. And then as a seeker, you receive. And sometimes we got this idea in the church that I come and I sit and I receive. No, you come and you sit and you seek. And then as you seek, then you receive Seeking is your energy. Seeking is your heart. Seeking is your will initiated when you come to God and say, God, I want you. God, I need you. God, I seek you. It's your decision. It's your will. It's your intention. God, in the Bible, it says he's looking for worshipers who seek him. And the Bible says in Hebrews that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. To seek first the kingdom is for you to know that this is the priority of your life. There's nothing more important than this. I want to lose myself in it. I want to give myself to it. I seek it with everything I have. Nothing is more important in my life than you, King Jesus, and your kingdom coming in my life and through my life. What is the kingdom of God? It's simply this, the kingdom of God. I read this in a book that I've been reading called Seek First. It's a great book. The kingdom of God is simply the rule, is, 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 is God's reign through God's people in God's place. Say it with me together. The kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people in God's place. God's reign over you in you and through you in this place where we live. That's the kingdom. And it should be the priority of your life and the priority of my life. And how do you seek first? How do you apply that? One word. John and Jesus both said it when introducing the kingdom. What did Jesus say? I'm going to put a blank there. Blank for the kingdom of God is at hand. What's the word? Repent. How many of you like that word? <laughs> I 
got you. Some reason in church, nobody likes that word. That's how the devil works. He takes good God words and confuses us about it. I think it's the most beautiful word in the Bible. The kingdom's here. Isn't that what Jesus said? That's what the kingdom of hands mean. How do you get into it? Repent. How do you seek first? Repent. Let me take some pressure off of you. I repent daily. Some days I repent many times a day. Let me go this far with it. I try to live every day with an attitude of repentance. Every day. Because that's how I seek first the kingdom. That's how it happens. Now I'm not talking about, hey, we want you to come up here and tell you everything that's wrong with you and blast it before the church and somebody point a finger at you and go, you're so bad. That's not repentance. That's the devil. It has nothing to do with repentance. Y'all thinking of God in the sky, pointing a finger, zapping a lightning bolt, coming down hard at you. That's not repentance. Repentance is something far more beautiful and very practical, and it's how you seek first the kingdom. Let me give you two pictures. This is the opposite of repentance. We bring our life to Jesus and, Lord, my goals, my plans, things I want to do, bless it. Right? It's the opposite of repentance. Here's my strategy. Here's my plan. Here's what I want to do. You know, and there's value in all that. I'm not saying don't plan, don't strategize all those things. But many times we bring our agenda, our life to Jesus and we say, here it is, Jesus. I expect you to bless it. Multiply it. Pour favor on it. That's not repentance. You show what repentance is. That's repentance. That's repentance. I've got nothing to bring Jesus but me. Make my agenda. Make my plans. Guide my steps. I'm a blank slate. Just me, Lord. I've pursued my plans in life. I've pursued my dreams in life. I've done my way in life, Lord. And I've come to the end of it. And I want you. And I seek you. And I want your kingdom in my life. So this day and every day, I bow before you, King Jesus, and just bring my life. Write your story. Live your story through my life. I want to tell you, something amazing happens when we can start living that way. But it's not easy. It's not easy. And you need to live this way and focus this way every day of your life. Every day we need to think about repentance. Lord, these things are coming in my life. I'm dealing with all of this. My temptation is to just put it all together and say, bless it, Jesus. But what Jesus wants is, Lord, I can't do it without you. I can't figure it out without you. I can't handle it without you. I can't face it without you. So therefore, I come in repentance. Just a blank slate of my life. Here I am, Lord.
That's how you seek first the kingdom. That's how the kingdom becomes your first priority. And that's how you access it and how you begin to live within it. Seek first the kingdom. And there's a little word there with three letters. I didn't like English in school. I never understood why they made me take 12 years of it. Anybody else have that question? Senior English, I'm trying to graduate high school. Miss Davis, toughest English teacher in Mobile County. We had a fence row at Theodore High School called Miss Davis Fence Row. It was all the people who failed senior English and she would not allow to graduate. 12th grade, fail senior English. I don't care what you've done for 12 years, you're not walking the stage. Toughest English teacher. Nobody wanted her. I hated English anyway, the subject. Had it for 11 years. I get my, my transcript senior year. I was a sports guy, basketball guy. That was my study in high school. And I drew Miss Davis for senior English. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. All year, all year, I went through English, labored through English, got my grade last quarter of senior year, go up to the book, Miss Davis gives me my grade, I leave and I go, yes, I did it! And I walk to my seat, say, Copeland, what's your grade? 62.1! <laughs> I'm a high achiever, you know. But in her class, I was getting high fives. Yes, yes, because there's a bunch of people walking away. Oh, I can't graduate. <laughs> but I learned this in English. And is a conjunction. That's a continuation of two thoughts that can bring them together so that they make, they're a little different, but they need to be accepted together. And so when I seek first his kingdom and what? His righteousness. Right next to the kingdom priority is a kingdom pursuit. His righteousness. Now, when we think about his righteousness, the opposite of that really helps us understand what Jesus means there. And his righteousness is that as we seek first the kingdom, as we dive into Jesus, blank slate, come into our life, Jesus, write your story on my life, use my life, I'm yours, Lord, lead me where you want me to go. We go into a world that's wrong. Do you understand that? When we said 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, he called you out of the dominion of darkness. The world is wrong. That's not a revelation, is it? How long does it take you to walk through this world and go, that's wrong. <laughs> that's really wrong. That's crazy wrong. All around us. If not, just go to Gulf Shores and sit on the boardwalk and open your ears for about 30 minutes. And you may have to shut your eyes really soon too. If that's not enough, just go to the local Walmart, hang out in the aisle for about five minutes. Doesn't take long at all to go, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's really wrong. There's all kind of wrong that we live in. But if you want the kingdom to come in your life, you gotta live in the middle of what's wrong 
and seek to make it right. Jesus didn't save us so that we could get a ticket to exit out of this place to heaven one day. Jesus saved us to fill us and to empower us so that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he wants to do that through who? You got it. Matthew 6 is not the Lord's prayer. John 17 is the Lord's prayer. Matthew 6 is whose prayer? And I know this about the Bible. If I pray it, I'm supposed to live it. And so everything that Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, he intended that we live. And in the middle of that prayer, he says, I want you to pray that the will of God and the kingdom of God would come on this earth as it is in heaven. And as you pray it and I pray it, we're saying, let it happen through me, Jesus. Let it happen through me, Jesus. Let me walk in a world of what's wrong and let me make a difference to see it become right. Lord, I can't walk through this place and see brokenness and carnage and heartache and separation and see the devil stealing, killing and destroying and just turn and hide away from it hoping to go to heaven one day. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to see what's wrong become right. And I'm not doing it in my power because I've already given my life as a blank slate to you, Jesus. But I want your power to come in me and through me. And I want to see the things in this world that are wrong become right. And I want to see heaven come to earth in my life. That's the greatest adventure you'll ever give your life to. That's where the Christian life sets fire. That's where the passion of Jesus catches you and meets you and drives you into a, a broken, lost, separated world and you become his ambassador. You become his representative and you get to see Jesus come from heaven to earth in your life and nothing, nothing is any better than that. That's where the fire falls. Now, as many of you know, and I'm going to just give you a few pictures of how this happens and is happening. I've been in a war zone for the first few weeks of March. Kingdom Bridges Ministries and the work that I've done on the mission field for 20 years has been in Moldova and Ukraine. And when I went, when the war broke out, I was already transitioning to Kingdom Bridges I didn't expect to launch Kingdom Bridges so soon. I was still pastoring the church, had two months before I leave. But our friends and neighbors are calling. Churches I've worked with for years, pastors I've worked with for years, friends, family, so close to me. Pastor Jeff, we're at war. Pastor Jeff, we don't know what's gonna happen. What do we do? Can you help us? And so we went to work. You guys were at our church when we had the first Pray for Ukraine event. You guys have supported with some offerings to serve Ukraine. A team of several teams went for two weeks, man. I saw more wrong. Every day, I saw so much wrong. So much. 
walk across a border, I see grandmothers carrying suitcases, waiting in line to leave war and destruction to a place they know not where they're going. And they barely can walk and they're pulling suitcases. And the day I was there, they'd been standing in line for six to eight hours. And the temperature's 28 to 32 degrees. My dear friend and pastor of a church in the middle of the war zone said, Pastor Jeff, how do I teach my children about bomb shelters? How do I explain that to them? That's wrong. You've seen the images coming out and the stories. But what do you do about it? Well, you don't sit back and do nothing. You don't hide away, excuse me, or run away. We got to take the righteousness of Jesus into the wrongness of it. And as I was there day by day and week by week, you know what I began to see? The righteousness of Jesus being displayed in the wrongness of that war. And I saw light and I saw hope and I saw healing because good people, Jesus people, were standing there saying, this is wrong, but I'm gonna bring Jesus into it. And that's our hope. Let me share with you a few things that I saw there and that I want. First is the border picture. If you'll take a look at this video. She's got her cat in her coat. Did you see that? That family had walked miles and miles. Her cat's in her coat. Her family come to the border. You know who met them at the border? A local church that you helped in the northern part of Moldova set up a tent, tea, coffee, food, prayer, and love. You know who's meeting people at the border, at all those borders? Jesus people. Jesus people. You see, that's wrong, but Jesus people are bringing righteousness into the wrongness of that. This next video was one of the most moving things I've seen the entire time I was there. This is at a refugee center in Kishinev, Moldova. I spoke to the ladies there on International Women's Day, a big day. It's like Mother's Day next week for them. When we finished, these Ukrainian mothers 
who evacuated Ukraine with their children, many of whom left their young husbands to fight in a war that they probably realized they may never see them again. They gathered at the front of the church that showed them love and support and care. A church you raised money for last December for a house to be built there to take care of people. We thought it would be taking care of at-risk girls and it, it is actually happening, but we didn't know it would be at-risk young mothers and ladies evacuating Ukraine because of war. But they gathered and sang their national anthem, the Ukrainian national anthem. Last picture I show you. On the Sunday before the war, a long uh, five years we partnered with this church, an amazing church. This is in Ukraine. This is in the war zone. The church with the pastor I told you about who called me and asked me, how do you, how do you explain to your children air raid sirens and bomb shelters? This beautiful church was finished and completed a 20-year dream <laughs> You got a vibrant congregation of four or 500 people in that part of the world. That's like four or 5,000 people here. They met in a building not much bigger than this stage. We would go over and do trips and preach. And man, we'd be standing and people all around us so hot, you barely could, could, could take a breath in in the summer. If they turn the heat on the winter the same way, they opened this building on the Sunday before the war break broke out. And their hearts were heavy at first. But then they rose up and said, you know, God knows what he's doing. And he has purposed us at this time to have this building in this location. And other churches in the area put padlocks on the doors and left. And you know what they did? They opened the door wide and told the whole region to come, come. And they have 1,200 people a day coming right now for food, for shelter, for clothing, but their biggest need is prayer and people to love them and they're receiving the gospel and their lives are being changed every day, every day. So as I was over there, I saw this. I witnessed this. Now church, as we said, we know that's wrong. And I want you to know, I'm looking Christian brothers and sisters in the eyes who are standing strong. And I mean, they're facing real deal persecution and real trouble. And they are looking at me and saying, Pastor Jeff, we're not running. We're not fleeing. God has put us here at this time and we will stay because we've got to do what's right for Jesus. That's humbling when I talk to them. Now, church, we don't live under that scenario. You're free to go out into this world where you live right now in Foley, in Baldwin County, and go take what's wrong and make it right. And if you want the kingdom of God to come in your life from heaven to earth, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then 
Finally, the promise. And I'm going to finish here. I don't know if you know this about Baptist preachers. We finish 20 times. (laughs) I'm going to try to finish soon. Last one. This is incredible. If you and I seek first the kingdom, it's our first priority, blank slate. If we go out and live our lives to take what's right and to apply it to what's wrong, isn't this an incredible promise? Jesus said, and some things, all these things will be added unto you. What a promise, right? You see, here's the end of it, and here's the application, here's the point to your life. I want to put a picture up of a guy rolling some blocks kind of up a, up a hill. Any of you ever feel like this? Okay. That's because we're adding stuff to our life. That's because that sticky note board, you remember that? That's how a lot of it, we think that's good. And we end up like this. And we've added all this stuff and it just keeps building and building and we feel like we're pushing it up a hill. And Jesus says, look, if you seek first your priority, my kingdom and its righteousness, I will. Oh, at the right time, at the right place, so you can have the full enjoyment of life. This kingdom teaching is central to John 10, 10. Jesus come that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. How do you have abundant life? Kingdom living. Matthew 6, 33. Let's say it together now. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you an abundant life. God wants to put things in your life at the right proportion, at the right place, at the right time so that you can have the most enjoyment of life that you could possibly have, an adventurous life, a full life, a meaningful life. But it comes, it comes through living in tune with the kingdom of God. And Matthew 6, has shown it. I pray that for you, Summit. Love you. Thank you. Great to be with you. God bless you. Love you, brother. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Jeff, y'all can have a seat for just one more minute. Uh, Pastor Jeff, you and your wife, Monica, would you mind coming up? And uh, I'm going to ask uh, our overseer, Pastor Kemp, to come up as well. And uh, two, uh, two of our elders, Isaac uh, and Don, to come up as well. Thank you. Come on up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just really felt this morning... Um, praying about this morning uh, that this is going to be a, I just felt like this was going to be a special morning. And I'm so excited what God's doing in Pastor Jeff and Monica's life.
And um, I'm glad we get a chance to be a part of it. I mean, he's launching a brand new, out-of-the-box missions organization, in a sense, a partnership, a network. And, you know, in 1806, outside of Williamstown, Massachusetts, five students of Williams College gathered in the field to talk about the theology of foreign missions. And while they were just talking about what that looks like and what should the church be doing about it, there came this incredible thunderstorm. And so they ran underneath the haystack for cover. And they said, while they were underneath this haystack, instead of us just talking about it, why don't we pray about it? That strategic prayer moment would later become known as the haystack uh, prayer um, movement or haystack mission organization movement. Two years later, from that conversation, that prayer meeting, that haystack prayer meeting in 1808, they launched the first mission organization, one of the, probably the biggest and first mission organizations from our nation. And in five years, they would have 1,200 missionaries on the foreign field. It was started humbly as a prayer meeting, and it became something very powerful from our nation. I just feel that uh, God wants to do something powerful in uh, Pastor Jeff and Monica's life, Kingdom Ridges. I feel we're honored and fortunate to be on the ground level of what he's doing. I prayed when, you know, we take... um, you all need to know this, that we, as Summit Church, we're going to be totally supporting um, Pastor Jeff, Monica. We're totally behind him. 10% of everything that comes into this church, we send it straight out to foreign missions, and, and they're going to be straight up there on towards the top of what we're doing in foreign missions, and we're going to be right behind them. I'm grateful to have that partnership with them. And, you know, my prayer has, always, has been, Lord, we don't want to, we don't want to just sow seeds, just throw seeds into the air, finances and things like that. We want to we want to sow into soil that I know is good soil because if you sow a good seed in a good soil, you're going to get a good return. And I don't want to throw a good seed into bad soil and not get a good return. I, so I, I I just keep praying and seeking the Lord, saying, God, show us the good soil. And um, how many think that this is good soil right here? Come on. Amen. And I've walked with Pastor Jeff and he's been honorable and he's carried he he's carried this burden for the especially this one particular area in his heart for years and, and I believe now is this is a is God is a God moment, it's a God time. And we're privileged and honored to be able to be a part of watching something just sprout out of the ground, you know? Isn't it so beautiful to watch a child be born? You're like, wow. And you're right there in the ground floor. We get this privilege. Pastor Jeff, you have a phone on you? Do you have a phone? I want you to turn that recorder on your phone. If you wouldn't mind, or have just have your, your main man right there record it. 
And uh, I believe we're going to pray. I believe perhaps even the Lord has a word or two for Pastor Jeff and Monica. And, um, and so what I'm going to ask us to do as a church, we get to participate in this, is, is uh, release our faith. You know, I think we can, we can actually release faith um, into situations. We all have a measure of faith, everyone in this room. And, um, and so I'm going to ask you to participate with us as we lay our hands on this beautiful couple, that you would release your faith. Just maybe stretch out your hand and just release your faith towards them as we pray over them and speak, allow the Lord to speak. I believe God wants to speak into their lives this morning. Can we all join pastors and elders and join lay hands? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So I just feel the word of the Lord speaking over you today, Jeff and Monica, that his timing is perfect, his ways are perfect. And the seeds that he has sown into your life all these years has come to pass. And, and this transition that you're entering into is something that he has ordained. That you've not conjured up. It's not something that you've... You somehow decided I was going to do it. I just feel like the Lord is saying, I, I've come to confirm to you, son, that I'm pleased with you and proud of you and I've had my hand on you and I've supernaturally arranged meetings with you and over the years and over the decades, you've met certain individuals and you just thought, well, that was an interesting conversation, interesting meeting, but, uh, but I would have you to know, says the Lord, that it was a I ordained that, and I, I had that set up, and I, I have been orchen, orchestrating this set up for years, and, and so I'm releasing you, and I'm not releasing you without provision. The Lord, I feel the Lord saying you will not have to even worry about finances. This is not even something that will be a concern to you. You will not have to be concerned about, am I going to be able to provide for my family? And I know that's been a burden on your heart and something has weighed heavily in your heart. And the Lord would say to you, you don't have to worry about that. I, I love you and I will care for you and I will watch after you and I will provide for you and I will nurture you and I because I cherish you and I feel the Lord has saying that he has given you the Macedonian call and there's been a desire in your heart, God, should I go here or should I go there? But you'll never have to wonder where to go. And, and there has been even a, 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 a knowing in your heart, I, I need to go to this particular country, but but the Lord is opening up to you, not just one country, not two or three, but there are multiple countries that God is open to you and he will give you favor and he will give you keys to that nation and he will have you sitting at tables with kings and monarchs and sitting at the tables with people that, that have high influence in that country, in that region and, and, and you will say to yourself what am I doing here? Sitting at a table with people of so much influence and power but let it be a reminder to you of this very moment that I put you there says the Lord because I've seen the humility of your 
your heart and the brokenness of your spirit. And, and I have put you there, says the Lord. So when you come into these places, don't worry about what to say. I will fill your mouth and, and I will give you resources and you will be a conduit of my glory and of my anointing, says the Lord. And, and people, hundreds and thousands of people will come into the kingdom of God because you put your life out there on the line. And I say, I honor you today, says the Lord. I honor you and I bless you today and I confirm your movement, says the Lord. And I confirm it and I will confirm it with my power and with my signs and with my wonders, says the Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Jeff, I, I really, I, I just met you just a few weeks ago at your church and was very touched by what I experienced there. While you were preaching, while you were preaching this morning, a great message, by the way, but the Spirit of God moved upon me and said to declare to you these words, the preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The call that you got from the Ukraine, Moldova, by the pastor requesting, what do I do? That is the beginning of many, many, many calls from people around the world. And what God has been doing is preparing your heart and the answer that you're going to give to leaders in the nations of the world is going to be from the Lord. You have, you have, you have a word from the Lord and you have years of experience that has molded your heart on the things that are right and the things that are wrong. And just as kings in the Bible sought the word of the prophet, so leaders of the world are going to seek counsel from you as to what they are to do. Fear not, my son, for I have laid my hand upon you for good and not for evil, and your words shall bring redemption shall bring restoration, shall bring reconciliation and hope to our world today. Amen. 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 We good? We good? You good? Yeah. I just felt like, I don't know why, I just kept feeling this as we were praying over you. Um, that, that so many times we look for strategic people in our ministry. And, and I just kept feeling like God says there's three strategic people that's going to be moving into your ministry. People that even yet may not know him yet. But God said he's going to raise up people in your path. You won't, you, you'll be walking along and you'll be going, God, where, where's the help going to come from? And God says, I'm just going to be raising up as you walk, as you take another step. God said, I'll raise up another army to help him wherever he goes. And he's not going to, you won't have to worry about where your help's coming from. God says he's going to be raising them up as you're walking, as you're going step by step. But there's three strategic people I kept feeling like that he, and I could just see the shadows of them because right now they're still in the shadows. And God says, but I'm going to raise up some men that are going to stand with you and they're going to fight with you and maybe even to the point would be willing to die with you if that's what it took to carry the kingdom of God forward. So just be encouraged. God's, God's, you're not going to be by yourself. He's got an army waiting to help you. Amen. Wow. Praise the Lord. 
Uh, just feels a sweet presence of the Lord here this morning. Man, how many know God loves the world? For God so loved the world. Didn't say God so loved Foley, Baldwin County, or Alabama. But God loved the world that he gave. And for us to be a part of something that is able to give and into the world is an honor and a privilege. Mm. Today, some of you here, guess what? You're going to be going on mission trips with Pastor Jeff over, and you find, you're, going to sit, you're going to wake up and go, how in the world did I end up here? Because a guy named Pastor Jeff came into our world. I really believe we're going to be connected long-term with this incredible ministry that's being launched and some of you here this morning, I think you needed, we all needed to hear what incredible word about the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom. Our prayer team is going to be up here in a few minutes. They'll be standing as we dismiss. They're going to be here just to pray with you. Perhaps you would, you said, you know what, I, I don't want to be on the fringe anymore. I want to be right in the middle. I want to be in the middle of what God is doing. I want to seek first the kingdom of God. I want to know him. I want to know God. I want to be a part of what he's doing in the earth. It starts with knowing Jesus. It starts with surrendering. It starts with saying, I'm a blank slate, right? That's a great picture. My life is yours. I don't have no agenda other than what your agenda is. So we're going to be here to pray with you if you'd like to know Jesus. We'd love to pray with you. Or anybody else that just has prayers prayer needs in your life. We're here for you for that. Amen. Pastor's going to come and dismiss us in just a second. Are you walking up here? You got something going on, Pastor? Yes, yes, I do. How many of you here, I, I normally would not do this, but I, how many of you here are aware that the Spirit of God has been present in this meeting in a very unusual way? In a very unusual way. I say this very, very humbly, and I, I say this under the authority of the pastor. The pastor has asked me to do a series, a three uh, Wednesday night series. This coming Wednesday night is the first one. What is unbelievable to me is this morning, as I was seeking the Lord, God just began to speak to my heart. The, the worship service today, how many of you heard in the worship service a lot about mountains? You, you remember that in the, in the, in the song services that we, we heard a lot about mountain, God moving mountains. And, and then this wonderful pastor gets up here and, and shares with us that we need to be able to do the right thing and move some of those mountains. I'm going to be teaching a series for the next three Wednesday nights, and I would encourage the Summit family. I'm a part of this family to be here. It's a series I've never taught before. It's an unusual title, Small things, small things. I'm going to share with you biblical principles how God takes small things and turns them into great things. I want to encourage you to come. That's a word for our church. God is not finished with Summit because we got this building built. We have just begun. Great things are ahead. You want me to pray? Father God, we thank you for your wonderful presence. We are humbled by the, the presence of the Almighty God that is, so, that is so relevant 
so powerful in this meeting today. I pray today, God, that you would enable us to reach out and truly embrace seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness, and all these things will be added to our lives. I pray you would bless, Lord, every person that is gathered here today, those that have been watching online, those in the correction facility. Lord, help us to walk out of here today and just feed upon what we've experienced and what we have heard. We thank you for these mercies today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.